On this episode of the Linux Cast, Matt and Ricky talk about Canonical's new Ubuntu appliance initiative, the PineTab64, and Lenovo's new fascination with Linux. We also talk about dual booting. Is it dead? All that and more on the Linux Cast. items to talk about today and then later on we're going to talk about dual booting um we haven't done a show together in, in ages or, even for the three cast covid has been keeping you busy yep. um so uh i hope you've sa- been staying safe all that. oh yeah all right yep. i have not i've been partying and no. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> i do have a cough though so you're probably gonna have to put up <laughs> I thought I, I know you, you. You go someplace and you hear somebody cough. You're like, "Oh my God, get away from me!" <laughs> I know it's, it's like leprosy. <laughs> Ricky's like, "Are you sure you can't catch COVID over the phone?" <laughs> All right. So our first news item tonight, today, tonight, whatever, um, is a Canonical launching the Ubuntu Appliance Initiative for Raspberry mm. Pi PC. Um, I find this very interesting. So basically what this is, is Ubuntu is creating separate, really small Ubuntu core ISOs um, that are dedicated to one specific application. So they have NextCloud, OpenHab, uh, Plex, um, a VPN one. Um, it's really interesting because um, Ubuntu's really kind of taken over a lot of the popularity of the OS for the Raspberry Pi. And I think mm-hmm. continue to happen. Um, I think, I, you know, I've never actually bought an, a Raspberry Pi before, but I'm thinking that this might actually be the opportunity I, I, to, for me to actually have like a dedicated Plex server. Cause I've always ran Plex just mm-hmm. on computer in the background, right. You know, through a external hard drive, but this yeah. could be like a little server I have off into the corner of the closet or whatever. And yeah. it's really easy to install. So what do you think about this? It could be interesting. Could be interesting. Like for me, same. Well, I have a Mac Mini. That's what I use to run my Plex server off of. But then um, I ran into a whole bunch of problems because my Mini is on my guest Wi-Fi network, and all my devices are on my regular Wi-Fi network, which means I couldn't get to it anymore. And I looked it up online and you know, try to do all this stuff. So, you know, maybe if having it on Raspberry Pi would make it a little easier, that might be the way to go. Um, I think it's interesting. I think, you know, like you said, Ubuntu's pretty much, you know, has, they've taken a large step um, for doing a lot of stuff. So anything they can do to get it out there will be, you know, I mean, if you if you go on Reddit, like there's just lots of different things people are using Raspberry Pis for. Mm-hmm. So you know, the more exposure you get, the more people you draw to your to your platform. So it would be interesting. Yeah, um, and specifically the Plex things is really interesting for me. But um, and I've always wanted to try try Nextcloud because that'd be allowed mm-hmm. me to get rid of Google, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and P Cloud and P Cloud sucks, 
that's what I've been using for like, this Dropbox alternative. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so the the uh, next news item we got went through that really fast is uh, PineTab uh, Linux tablet is now available for pre-order. Um, now this was way back in June, but the, the um, I'm not so much interested in the the PineTab itself because I mean it's probably mm-hmm. going to be slow and stuff. Mm-hmm. But do, I, I I put this in there to ask a question: Do you think that these dedicated Linux mobile devices like phones and tablets are going to be popular? I mean, popular is in the sense that they take off in the Linux community, not so much as they destroy Google or Apple. Yeah. Um, So here's the thing, right? Um, It it depends how they do it. Like the price point was crazy low. Um, But the thing is, that depends on the quality of the hardware. Uh, because Google has pretty much got the low-end market with Android, right? So if you're going to have cheap hardware and try to fight them with a low cost, you know what I mean? Like you're basically fighting over nothing, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and again, it's the same thing. They should learn from Google's example, right? Like, you know, if you're going to have a million and one different hardware specs and fragmentation of the OS, then, again, what's the point? Because Google has probably already captured as much of that market as they can. So you're pretty much setting yourself up for failure, right? So why bother? What would be interesting is if they had good hardware and the low price point and they or even not you know excellent hardware to rival apple but they had good enough hardware so they kind of do an in between between android and apple where they have one spec so the os is always going to be up to date and you know they take the cheaper price point it would be interesting to see if they can pull from both markets right so people, because it'll be the one um, aspect ratio, the one um, memory, you know what I mean? It will be the one spec which makes it super easy for developers to develop for. Um, their OS will always be up to date if they go a similar route to Apple and have like sort of so a media player you can plug into and update the OS rather than be uh, dependent on, you know what I mean? Like if it's going to be a thing where you have to download an ISO like Linux, plug mm-hmm. in your tablet to your computer, load up the ISO or you have to download the ISO on it. Like if they make it too geeky, they they lose a the market. If they, you know what I mean, what they should do is look at how Apple does it, look at how Google does it, and go in between. So then they can pull from either side. You pull the yeah. guys from Apple who like the cheaper price. You pull the guys from Google who are tired of the fragmentation and the, you know, constant malware and whatever. So, yeah, yeah that's what I'd be interested in seeing how they do it. I, I agree with all that, and I also think that it's about apps, right? So, I mean, yeah, you, you never – there's the excellent point you make where you, if you're going to try to go mainstream on something like this, like the tablet or the phone, um, 
you, you're automatic. You're going to draw in the nerds and the geeks and whatever the people who can install a, an OS on it. Um, and those people are worried about privacy and and open source and things like that. But um, yeah. you're not going to draw in anybody else if they have to install the OS on it. And if there aren't isn't a you know a yeah, plethora of apps, of apps. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Then they'll just stick with the platforms that have the apps they need. Well, I mean, that's why Android tablets failed, right? Because there's no apps mm-hmm. for. I mean, Android tablets had tons of really good hardware. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, but they didn't. Um, they never had any dedicated apps like the iPad ended up having. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so so nobody ever ended up buying them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Even even though they always ended up being quite a lot cheaper than the iPad. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that that's I think it's gonna be a thing. I don't personally see them ever going mainstream, but then I, mm-hmm. I even if they came out with a whole bunch of apps, I don't think that they would anyways. This is mm-hmm. always gonna be a niche product like Linux. Yeah. yeah. Um I think I think it's it interesting still, it that they started. It could still be cool though, right? Depending yeah. on how they do it. Right? Like like when uh Windows Mobile came out with their Windows, what was it, Windows Phone 8 or something, I don't know, whatever. And when I saw that, I knew right away, I was like, that's going to fail, right? Why? Because Android and and Apple have the home screen, they have the icons, like, they have everything, you know. They went with this tile-based crap that no one knows how to use so now everyone's got to relearn this thing and so no one picked it up right so i think if they go you know they have the the home screen with the with the app icons they have the apps like you said i think you know there's it, it might be niche but it could be a really cool like i would pick one up i would use one you know what i mean but again it's it's also how you connect it, right? Like how how do you get your pictures off? How do you you know what I mean? Like right now, mm-hmm. if you have an iPhone and you have Linux, it's a pain to get anything off the damn phone, right? So if the tablet and the phone are gonna be the same, it, then it's gonna fail, right? Like if they're smart and they come up with some kind of cloud thing where you know you can just zip it to the cloud and then pull it down on your laptop or something then you know that then there would be a good chance yeah so all right so I, 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 yeah yeah i think we'll have to see how they do it yeah i'm a hundred bucks right i mean yeah that's, that's, that's one thing that's great about that i mean <laughs> when i saw that i was bucks. like wow is this for real <laughs> yeah i'm gonna get like, i'm gonna get anyone give me one of those um yeah all right so our, our third and final story uh news story for for this week was uh lenovo has announced that they will certify their entire portfolio of thinkstation and thinkpad p series workstations for ubuntu and red hat um i think i think this ricky we talked on an episode ages and ages ago, like almost two years mm-hmm. ago, about how, why Linux didn't go, hasn't gone mainstream. And one of our mm-hmm. reasons was that you have to install Linux in a really weird way. You have to burn the ISO and you have to install it and you have to know all these things about UEFI and all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but more and more, I mean, Dell has had developer editions of their laptops for ages. Right, mm-hmm. so you can get Ubuntu on them, and now Lenovo is doing it, and they're doing it on desktops and, and laptops. There's these other 
fairly large companies that are doing uh, Linux-based computer systems like System76, mm-hmm. um, Pogo Linux. Uh, mm-hmm. does ser- I, I think they do mostly servers, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we're seeing more and more of these big companies offering uh, Linux right on the you know, pre-install mm-hmm. out of the factory. And I think that's very interesting for Linux because it overcomes that one problem of why Linux hasn't gone mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this? So uh, my thought on this, it's it's definitely good. So, um, like, I had a Dell laptop. That's what I loaded Linux on when we first began our ideas of doing the podcast, and I wanted to learn about it. The drawback was if there was a BIOS update, I couldn't do it in Linux, right? It was a Dell, Dell laptop. So I'd have to go back to Windows, do the BIOS update, go back to Linux. So what I would do, I would either have to do a boot or I would have I would keep two separate hard drives. So I'd have my Linux hard drive. If there was a BIOS update, I'd pop the Windows hard drive in, boot up, do the update, pop the Linux hard drive back in. Which is cool for me, uh, even a pain in, in in the butt for me. But do you think a normal user is going to do that? No way. Um, so fast forward now, we have COVID, and my wife was home for a long time, and she had to do like online stuff for my kids' um, school stuff, and she needed a computer. Um, so I thought, hmm, this is interesting. Guess what I did? I gave her the laptop with Ubuntu on it to see, like, okay, what's a normal person going to say? She's been using it with zero issues. So that's to say, if they could overcome all the stuff we talked about, they have a really good shot at, at gaining momentum in the mainstream. So I think this is great. You know, Lenovo, Dell, if more of them start to do it and you see more of them starting to appear in Best Buy, it gives more choice to the consumer. And, you know, you're thinking about Windows where you have to upgrade and that upgrade costs you money. You know, especially a lot of companies now after being hit with the quarantine and all this stuff, they're looking for ways to cut down. You know what I mean? They're looking at the cost of this laptop they buy. Next time they have to update Windows, it's going to cost this much. Then it's going to update again. It's going to cost this much. You know what I mean? So there's benefits there if they can just make the installation upgrade process easy enough. They could get some foothold. So yeah, I agree. Interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, it, again, it definitely will. Yeah, I remember we talked, you, you know, if you if you have an NVIDIA driver um, and or you have an NVIDIA graphics card and, you know, there's the the default driver, then there's the NVIDIA specific driver. If the X.org isn't set up properly, then you got a no boot situation. So you got to figure out how to go in and and do and edit the, the con file. You know what I mean? Like who, mm-hmm. who's going to do that? 
Like, even if they know how to do that, who's going to do that during their workday? You think they're going to sit down for two, three hours to get the thing to boot? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, these are the things. So that was good because I think Lenovo said that they're they're putting it their drivers into the kernel, right? So then yeah. you, you get by things like that. So I think it's a good, it's, it's a pretty awesome sign. Yeah, we're finally getting to the point where people can use Linux. Um, <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is, is about a year ago, I gave my mom, I had to do a nuke and pave on my mom's laptop. Yeah. And um, I put Linux on for her, and she hated it. <laughs> so, but I, I, it was my fault. I should have went with Ubuntu and, and GNOME or like yeah. XFC or something. Instead, yeah. I went with Manjaro and KDE. <laughs> Um, so that, that was me being dumb because, like, you know, I'm, I'm an Arch fanboy, right? So I was like, well, you know, if Arch yeah. is good enough for me, of course it's going to be good enough yeah, for my right. mom. Here, mom, yeah. you know, you have to do these combinations, these commands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Downloading software. No, no. You have to do this. Uh, terminal. This yeah, yeah. command. <laughs> Open the terminal. <laughs> install dash Y. <laughs> Enter. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, Enter the sudo command. <laughs> all right, you can stop making fun of me now. It's all right. All right, so let's move on to the main topic. Our main topic is dual booting. So, um, the article you sent, Ricky, was based was um, talking about Windows. Um, what the hell do they call it? Windows. Yeah, the new. I can't even remember, but it's like the. It's part two of. WSL uh, is what is the, is the yeah, abbreviation. That's it. Yeah. So um, that. Of course, this article doesn't actually ever say what WSL actually is. It's hilarious. It's a poorly <laughs> written article. But basically what Microsoft has been doing is putting a full kernel of Linux into Windows to allow developers to use actual mm-hmm. Linux within Windows, not you know using hypervisor and uh, and this latest update allows you to actually run Linux GUI apps, which is really interesting. Um, and when this first started, there was this whole big argument about whether or not um, this was going to kill Linux. Because why you, would you have to use Linux if you can just, you use know, you'll install Windows. Windows and, you know, mm-hmm. do things. I mean, when I was the first time, I was like, that's nonsense. Because just because you can use the Linux terminal in Windows or, or even some of the GUI apps, mm-hmm. um doesn't mean you're using Linux. I mean, there, there are benefits to using actual Linux beyond what WSL gives you, like, you know, not having to be forced to update or yeah. restart your computer after every installation of an app. You know, there, there, mm-hmm. are, tef- there, there are things. Or in, just the look, just just the look of yeah, it. And, customization and, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah customizing the, the, um, the interface. So basically, the article that you sent me was complete nonsense because the, the title of it was was uh, "Dual Boot is Dead, Windows and Linux are Now One," which is complete and utter nonsense because they're not they're not one. Just because you can use some aspects of Linux on Windows doesn't mean that they're dead. But it brings up an interesting thing: Do people still do? If you if you're in the into Linux and you use Linux all the time, do you do dual boot? And for the last year or so year and a half or so i could say absolutely no i don't dual boot i didn't even have a windows partition on my machine but a couple weeks ago ricky i don't know mm-hmm. i mean you, you've known me for 11 years i've been talking about building my own computer for 11 <laughs> years 
<laughs> Guess what I finally did, Ricky? I built you my built own computer. It. Yes, Uh-oh. I did. I, I, I got myself up. Figure out something else to talk to talk about for eleven years. I, I know. I got to find something else. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I got a, I got a Ryzen seven, and you know, I got to put new motherboard, new hard drive, everything. And Ooh, nice. I, and because I got all this, you know, new high end fancy smancy hardware, I wanted to do some gaming. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the one thing on Linux so that I haven't figured windows. out. The one thing on Linux I haven't f- figured out how to do very well is install mm. Wine and all that nonsense. Wine, I was just going to say. Yeah. So I'm dual booting again. Yeah. I have I have Windows installed. Um, and I've used, you know, I've, I only use it for, for gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you this right now, that every minute I spend in Windows, I'm er- itching and yearning to go back to linux <laughs> so bad i hate it so much and, and i i'll put up with it because you know i can install origin and play madden or mm-hmm. whatever and you can't do mm-hmm. I, you, you can do that on linux but it's not mm-hmm. as easy right so um i just hate it so, so much yeah. I, think <laughs> I hate it so much i think that um that article the flip side of it would be what would really be interesting if Linux was able to either install Wine right off the bat so it works, rather yeah. than using it, you install Ubuntu and it's just baked in, or them having a way to run Windows apps natively so that it's easy. I think that would be interesting. I think dual booting is definitely something of the past. Like I used to dual boot with my with my Mac. I know tons of people who used to dual boot. Um and now I don't know anyone, hardly anyone who do except for me. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I know a couple people who have loaded up Windows on their Mac because they like the hardware but they have to use Windows. I yeah. know a couple people who just don't use the windows stuff they've found alternates um so it's interesting i mean you know if gaming really could go to steam and steam could install on linux then you'd have something just like how mac has been hoping and pining to have gaming for so long promising stuff i think that's the one strong area where windows still has the hold on it. Well, I mean, uh, Steam has done really good with Proton, right, to get Windows mm-hmm. games working on Linux. Um, mm-hmm. And some of those work okay. Um, but there's always that... I mean, first of all, they don't run as well on Linux because it's yeah. running through an emulation layer. And another yeah. thing is, is there's always that worry in the back of your mind that you're going to spend $70 on a game and it won't play. And it's you janky. Know? Right, or you know, or they're mm-hmm. screen tearing, or the frame mm-hmm. rate's so low that it's unplayable, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. because there's no guarantee like there is on Windows. I mean, obviously there's not a guarantee on Windows either, but mm-hmm. um, it's more likely to win a, run on Windows. So I mean, I think that's the, I mean, it's the reason why I chose to do boot isn't because you can't run Linux or Windows games on Linux, yeah, but because it's because better more of a surety that, that it's going to be mm-hmm. a good experience on Windows, um, mm-hmm. no matter how much I hate Windows, you, you know. Mm-hmm. But th- that point you made where bringing this the other way around, where there's like a, 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 a some kind of, I mean, obviously there's wine, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got them on Reddit like um, about a year ago or something like that and said, well, you know, I, 
I want to find a way to play Hearthstone on on Linux, and, and the only way to do that is through like game gaming uh, Linux Lutris or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is so easy! All you gotta do is install Wine and <laughs> run these couple commands." Like, you know, I, I'm pretty technologically advanced. I do a lot of stuff in the terminal, and and mm-hmm. you know, I can move files around and. And and do a little bit of bash scripting and and mm-hmm. all this stuff, but I cannot for the life of me understand why people think wine is so easy to install. I've yeah, never well. succeeded. <laughs> um, Neither. I, you, know, you know, I've Neither tried like five or six times. It's just it, it it always fails. There's always I mean you yeah. know I, and the thing is it's not as if I'm just you know I'm the typical dude and trying to do it without instructions. I Google this mm. shit and say how to install wine on Arch Linux or you know whatever I'm running and. <laughs> You know, follow these instructions and, you know, complete failure every time. Yeah. God, Maybe that it, should be our next show. Should be we have to install a, a game successfully on Linux and Wine. Using Wine or Linux. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> in that case, we'll probably never do a show again because we'll fail. <laughs> utterly. Um, I mean, it, ha- it just has to be our noobness, right? I mean, it has to just... Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I've tried multiple times. Like, cause you know me, I think I hopped so many different distros, right? And I would try each time, and it was just like, yeah, I give up. Yeah, it's not working. It's not working. Um, so I, I agree with you, Ricky, that dual booting is probably dead. Um, mm-hmm. ma- mainly because, like I said, you know, Steam is doing good on the gaming front. Um, there are a lot of great Windows alternative, uh apps for linux um and you at this point if if you're if you're a linux user um chances are you don't want to use your windows unless you absolutely have to um but i i think that as we go forward um there's gonna have there's gonna be more see what's really interesting ricky and we and we didn't talk about this but Mm -hmm. um with with apple moving to arm oh uh, yeah I think that emulation and virtualization technology is really going to take off. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be more and more containerization of applications. So, so like maybe um, like, like Adobe will get their apps virtualized or something like that so they can use mm-hmm. them on ARM, on, ARM mm-hmm. on Apple. And maybe mm-hmm. that will see them allowing them to use um, some kind of virtualization technologies to run things mm-hmm. in Linux. Um, that'd be well, so thing, cool, right? Yeah, the thing with ARM that Microsoft really has to watch out with, with uh, Apple going to ARM, is like we said, that right now Microsoft, um, or just PC vendors in, in general, have the gaming market. They, they can fall back on it. Hardcore PC gamers use PCs, use Windows. Now, the thing is, with Apple going to ARM, they can run... Um, iPhone and iPad uh, apps natively. So the thing is, you might say, oh, well, that that doesn't matter for the games that run on iPhone. We're talking about hardcore gamers. But it does matter is because you're looking at the here and now. What I'm doing is looking at the future. And what the future is, is the younger gamers. Younger gamers coming up, their first um, device is an iPhone or iPad or a tablet before that computer. So if they get used to and love games and then get the games on their Mac, 
that's what they'll be used to. That's what they'll like. They'll never be introduced to the hardcore gaming, uh, you know, as you find it. And then you have consoles, so you have Xbox One, Xbox a million, you know, PS90 that plays Modern Warfare, or uh, Call of Duty that plays Far Cry, that plays, you know, hardcore PC games. So, you know what I mean? So the PC industry window, Microsoft, they better look closely at this, right? That That's my thought. Maybe that should have been one of my, um, one, one of my, uh, what is it? Uh, you know, when we always do the, the, the show about <laughs> our, our, um, our, what do you call the thing? When, when you say what's going to happen in the future, that should have been one of my things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think, I think that's what, you know, th- those guys better take a look. Because there's not much of the pie they have left. So if they're just sitting comfy thinking, oh, well, we always have this slice. Mm, yeah, it might not be for too long. Well, the thing is, Linux runs on ARMs already. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not as if... Um, it's, I, I think actually Linux is kind of ahead, at least for now. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. So that is... Normally at this point we would do Picks of the Week, but we didn't. I don't have anything for that. Yeah. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll try to get back into that. We're, we got to remember, we haven't done one of these since like February. <laughs> so, it, actually. So it's basically me, a year ago. I mean, let me see when the last then, time. Is in uh, COVID. Is in it's like one one month is like six months. Oh, my, my bad, Ricky. <laughs> our, our last our, our last one that we actually did together was April 11th, 2019. Oh wow. Yeah. So okay. like I, I I did one in June, but that was by myself. Yeah. So yeah. So um we've been slacking a little bit. Um just a little bit. Um just a little. At, at this pace we'll see you in twenty twenty one. Yeah. It's the world see. Um anyway, so if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at the Linux cast on Twitter. I'm at MTWB on Twitter. Uh Ricky is Ricky underscore women's one. Uh, you can follow uh, us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Linuxcast. Um, and you can subscribe to the podcast on a whole bunch of different um, platforms. Uh, at, you know, so we're, we're on Anchor, Break, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn. So... Wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. And um, now you can also email us at email at the linuxcast.com. But I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever checked that email address. So <laughs> it, if you want to get in really good contact with us, just tweet at us. It's much easier. I have that. Tweet I'll, I'll get it. It's much easier. Come on, man. E- email is so 1990. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that is it for us this time. I have no. I, I know I'm gonna do a solo one of these one of these days again, talking about mm. my experiences with um, the new Ubuntu, um, and uh, Rick and I will get together and talk about what our yeah. next topic will be. We'll uh, see you when we see you. Yeah. Stay, stay safe. Yep. Adios. <laughs>